that we are yours, that you have loved us now to call us your own, to come live among us, to come live in us, to come work on us and in us and through us because of your love. Thank you. Thank you that we are yours. And as Dave shares your word with us, I pray that you would impress that upon our hearts. But that because of your great love, you have made us yours. Thank you, worship team. Today's scripture passage is 1 John 4, uh, verses 13 through 19, and this is from the NIV. And the sermon today is entitled, Because God is Love. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God, on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lo lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. This is the word of the Lord. So I want everyone to say, God is for us. God is for us. God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. I mean, I'm just saying that you don't have to repeat after me. God is for you. Um, if there's anything that you get out of this sermon, out of this time of worship, know that God is absolutely for you. He's not out to get you. God is not waiting for you to stumble so he can jump on you and say, Aha! You be punished. God is not counting your mistakes. God is not being hypercritical of you, nagging you, wagging his matumbo finger at you. God is for you because God is love. And there's no fear in love. Perfect love drives away fear. Fear has to do with punishment and manipulation and coercion. We use fear to make people do things because we can't sell it. We can't sell what we got. We can't sell what we got any other way. But love moves mountains. Love crosses valleys. Love is undefeatable. Love and free will dance together. And how do we know that we are in God? How do we know that God loves us? How do we know that God lives in us? Because he's given us the Holy Spirit. So if, if I were to sum up the Christian walk, um, my own Christian walk, our Christian walk, our spiritual formation, our discipleship, our growth in the faith, um, I would say that it's about growing in confidence in who we are and whose we are. Let me say that again. We're growing in confidence and who we are and whose we are. Who we are and who we belong to. 
who we are and who we're from. And we're from God, and God is love. And this is what John is trying to say uh, to his readers, is to give confidence and assurance that they are indeed from God. And the reason that they can have confidence and assurance in this is, one, the first reason is that they are people of the Spirit. We are people of the Spirit. Right? If you remember in Acts, when Jesus ascends into heaven, Jesus says, I go, and this is a paraphrase, but I'm sending back to you a gift, a gift from the Father. And this is the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the comforter to be with you, to be God's presence among you. Right? And so John, if you notice in all of these uh, kind of passages in 1 John, there's a lot of repetition. And as a preacher, it's really hard when you have to deal with repetition because it sounds like, oh, I'm repeating myself. I'm saying the same things over and over again. God is love, right? If you are children of God, then you know you know what love is. You need to love your brothers and sisters, abide in God. All of these things are in 1 John. And one of the things that John repeats, beginning in verse 13, is this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. This is how you know that God, you are of God and that God is in you, is that he's given you his spirit. He's, this gift that Jesus promised is with you, and this is how you know, right? And this is a repetition of the previous chapter, chapter 3, uh, where he says, this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Just like he says here, this is how we know that he... We live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. This idea of the spirit, this gift of the Holy Spirit, and the knowledge that's given us, the confidence and assurance of our identity in God, right? Who we are, right, is given by the Holy Spirit. We are people of the spirit. Therefore, we have confidence and assurance that God is in us, and that God is for us. If you ever doubt that, right, just sit and say, Holy Spirit, please tell me whose I am, who I am and whose I am. Please, Spirit, give me confidence and assurance that God is in me, that God is with me, that God goes with me, that God is present with me. And listen, because the Spirit will speak. The Spirit will show you God's love. Your name in God, your identity in God, and who you belong to. Um, in my own walk, and probably in many of your walks, um, I can say that when I don't have confidence in myself, or I'm unsure of my ability, or I'm sure of my talents in a specific area, whether it's sports, or music, or work, or academics, or speaking, anything like that, if I don't have a strong sense of identity or if I don't have a strong sense of self or confidence in even the words I'm saying, or if I'm a salesperson, if I'm not confident in what I'm selling, if I'm selling this tablet and I don't believe in it, then it's really hard to tell someone, hey, you should buy this tablet because I'm not sure. And we're all like this, right? We don't have, we're at a new job, we're in a new role, uh, we're doing something new, um, there's that doubt, right? That sense of self-doubt. Um, and our voice 
isn't as loud or isn't as confident or isn't as stable as we'd like it to be. Um, for myself, an, a good example is in college when I took a speech class and uh, I got so nervous because I, you know, the teacher said, you need to make all of these uh, presentations. I'm like, out loud to the whole class by myself? He's like, it's, it is a speech class, right? <laughs> like, that's what you're here for. And I ended up dropping the class, right? And now, when I look back, I'm like, that is ridiculous. I preach for a living. I speak for a living. And I have, you know, there's no doubt. You know, I'm, I'm not nervous about it. I don't feel any fear. In fact, the more people there are, bring more people. I'm more confident. I'm more, like, feel good about myself. And... To think back and see, like, I'm afraid of speaking in front of people, that just blows my mind, right? But I can say, I can speak with confidence now, partly because I'm preaching the gospel, and I'm sure of the gospel, right? It's something I'm passionate about. It's, I'm passionate about Jesus. I'm passionate about God's love. And I know God, lo- God loves me, so it's very easy to say, God loves all of you, Right? Because I'm sure in this, I know who I am, I know whose I am, and so those words come out with confidence. Whereas before, I wasn't quite sure who I was. I wasn't quite sure of the words I spoke, and so I was afraid and insecure. And so life, our growth, our walk in Jesus, can be summed up in gaining confidence in our identity, whose we are, and Uh, who we are and whose we are. Amen? Are you with me? So that first part is that we need to know that we are people of the Spirit. And the role of the Holy Spirit, the gift, is as advocate, is as comforter, is as the presence of God in our life to remind us and to give us confidence. Yes, right? This is who you are, and this is who you are in God, and God loves you. So take confidence. And as we grow, he's changing and shaping our hearts, right? God, through the Holy Spirit, is changing us, healing us, empowering us, giving us a voice, giving us a name, giving us a deeper sense of identity um, in order for us to live more fully, more holy in the world, in order for us to live out loud, right? When you're not sure of yourself, uh, you know, you're talking to someone and you're not sure of the ans- uh, if you're, of their name, right? I, Marsha, I think her name is Marsha. Yeah. She mentioned it, right? <laughs> but I'm not quite sure. Maybe it's someone else, right? Maybe it's another person that looks like her. And so I'm like, hey, Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then... If she come, I'm hoping that she like heard and like gives me confidence by like, hey. But if she's like, oh hey, then I'm like, uh, what's your name, right? It's like you're not sure, so you're quiet and you mumble, right? I mumble when I'm not sure of what I'm saying, right? But if I know her name, and even if you've known their name for a long time, sometimes I'm not confident. I'm like, do I really know her name? Is it really Marsha? <laughs> so I'm like, hey, hey. <laughs> Uh, but when we have confidence, we live out loud. When we are, and this is what the Spirit does in one people, 
one person and it does in a whole group of people, right? Working to grow us in our identity as renew, as a church, as the body of Christ. We're growing in who we are in our identity. We're being shaped as we go to Bible study, as we pray together, as we come and worship together, as we serve together, as we play together. The Spirit is moving among us to grow us uh, more closely in love with one another as a beloved community and also out there um, to be an impact in our neighborhood, in our world. Secondly, we are people of the Savior. Um, in verse 15, as John writes, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Um, if we acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, then we have confidence and assurance that God is in us and we can count on God's love for us. Right? And in fact, we are supposed to be people um, that proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God, to proclaim that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And this is counter to what's going on with some of the people in the church that John is responding to, as saying Jesus isn't the Son of God, Jesus isn't the Savior of the world, but we need to be people of God. And pe being people of God means being people of the Savior. To know that part of the way that God loved his people and the world is that he sent his son to be with us and to save us. And through the son, the world is saved. The world has access to God. And so uh, acknowledging that Jesus is the son of God um, is another way that we have confidence and insurance. It's another part of our identity that we are people of the Savior, right? Um, and this is unique and it matters. Um, um, thirdly, we are people of love. People of love. He says, Jesus, uh, love is made complete among us when in this world we are like Jesus. This is the call of the people of Christ. This is our call as the church. Love is made complete among us when, this, when in this world we are like Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That we are made, that love is made complete in us, right? Through us. When in this world, we live like Jesus. And I take that in two ways. We live in this world like Jesus. We love like Jesus in this world. And uh, we love like Jesus did in this world. That makes sense. Like Jesus is the model by which we live, and when we live as Jesus did, that what we read in the Gospels, what we read in Scriptures, what the Spirit impresses upon us and reveals to us, this is how Christ loved. This is Christ's love. When we sense the presence of Christ in other people, when we sense the presence of Christ in that place, and we go to that place and we love when we forgive as Christ forgave, when we are the hands of healing as Christ was the hands of healing, when we are uh, the one who picks someone up, who offers a hand, when we're neighbor to another person, when we feed 
um, and clothe the sick and the poor when we visit those in prison, right? When we love as Christ, we become people of Christ and we perfect love among us, right? Love is made perfect among us. So this is a way that we are people of love and also that continuing the theme of um, being people of the Savior, being people of Christ. And this is our call as a church. The church is Christ's love in the world, right? So we have this ongoing dialogue of why church? Why do we meet together? Why do we gather together, right? The church is Christ's love in the world, right? That's how the world sees Christ's love. Right? That's how, through us, love is perfected, right? when we live as Christ did in this world. Amen? Are you with me? What else does it mean to be people of love? Because one of the most famous verses, or parts, and the most beautiful of all the scripture is here in verse 16. God is love, right? It's the identity property, right? One it equals one, right? A equals B, then B, if B equals C, then A equals C. That's the identity property, right? If God is love, right, and that is love happening there, then God is in that place, right? God is love. There's nothing more simple, more reduced than you can have in anything, right? If you ever doubted who God is, what God is, what God's like, Think about the most loving thing you can imagine. Right? This is truly love. And I'm not talking about like shallow stuff like if my wife gave me a Tesla, right? <laughs> That's love, right? I'm not talking about that. What, we, what you would really see as love, like someone dying for me, someone right, risking their life for me or sacrificing their time. I guess giving a Tesla to me would be like the ultimate love because she'd have to work extra hours, sacrifice her own clothes and things she wants to buy to save up money to buy me a Tesla. So yes, right? That is love. It's what came to your mind. Yeah, it's what came to my mind, right? I got to be careful, right? Love can be anything, right? Um, but God is love. And God is for us. And that's revealed in Christ's coming down. Like, greater love has no man than this, and when a man lays down his life for his friends. Or God is love, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God is love. He sent, he gave of himself. He poured himself out for us. As a father and mother pour themselves out, to their child, as our parents poured themselves out for us, as um, we pour ourselves into our work, right, into teaching, into educating, into serving, whatever it is, that is love. When we set aside our ego, when we set aside our agendas to consider other people, that is love. Um, and the interesting thing is, perfect love drives out fear. There's no fear in love. 
And I was thinking about this. Man, what does that mean? What does that really mean? And John goes on to say, but because fear has nothing to do with punishment. And I'm like, wait, wait, God is love, and perfect love drives out fear, and fear has nothing to do with punishment? Mind blown, right? Because I think there's still a part of me um, that attaches um, Christianity and my faith growing up with punishment, right? Like, don't do this because that's a sin. Don't do this because you're going to get punished, right? And I don't know if it's because I'm a PK, right? It's all messed up in there. And there's probably uh, tons of counseling hours I need to spend, right? But my, right, like when I talk too much in church, my father like punished me after, after, after church, right? Why? You're the pastor's kid. You shouldn't be too loud. You shouldn't talk or... You need to dress up for church. You need to, like, see, they're laughing because they know, right? <laughs> right? Why are you first in the food line? You know, you got to let the elders go first. You got to be last. You have to serve the food to people. And so everything in my head is attached to behavior, right? That has to do with the church or faith. Behavior, behavior, behavior. And so when I think of love of God, I think of do this or you'll get punished, Right? And when I think about, well, why don't we take a pulse check, an inventory of your own life? What drives you? If you really ask yourself, what drives me in work? What drives me at school? What drives me in life? How much of that is love, like a free kind of what, God, what John is talking about here? Or how much of it is fear, right? Fear, whether it be fear of failure Right? Fear of not pleasing other people. Fear of not performing. Right? Fear that, or some deep, like, father mother fear in us, like, you're the face of your father looking sternly at you. Like, when I'm watching TV, maybe I've worked hard all week and I'm watching Netflix. Why do I feel guilty inside? <laughs> right? That's the fear of father, right? It's the father saying, why aren't you studying? Right? Why don't you come to work with me? Clean the bathroom, right? That guilt, that constant guilt, it's the immigrant guilt, right? You go to work, and everyone's just relaxing. If you work at Microsoft, they're playing their Xbox, and you're like the one working, right? Everyone's like, relax, relax. You're like, I gotta work, I gotta work. What is that? Fear, some fear. I still wake up from the nightmares because I have a final paper due. Right? I graduated in 2012. I'm done with papers. No more. And I'm still wake up like, ah! I haven't even started on my research paper. And then you're like, oh, I'm done with school. You're like, oh. It's that, that guilt just has a hold of us. That fear. That fear of like, it's like feeling like falling off a cliff and just falling and falling. Right? What is this sense of obligation, this sense of duty that drives us? Right? If you think about it, that's our God sometimes. That's our idol. But John is saying love has nothing to do with fear. Because fear is about punishment. And if he's saying God is love, then he's saying God is not about just punishing us. Right? 
And we know this as parents. We know this. Like, I feel like um, as a parent that I'm working to negotiate the generations, right? There are ways that our parents did the best that they could, right? And they disciplined us as best as they can. And you're like, there are really good things about that. And then there's other things where like, well, maybe they shouldn't have spanked me for being left-handed. <laughs> you know, it's something weird like that. Like, I'm, just let me be left-handed. I'm going to be left-handed, okay? Like, what is that about? And so we try to do things different, right? We try to, you know, let, encourage art, encourage expression and individuality and creativity and free will in our children. And then they rebel and we're like, ooh, maybe I'm too light. And we're like, ah. It's a balance, right? Um, but my point is, underneath it all, love is not just about condemnation, right? Love is about giving of ourselves to that person, right? Just as God gave himself. Um, and I started off the sermon today by saying God is for you, right? And if you look deep down inside you, if you look at our own personal theology, do you really believe that God is for you? Right? Do you really believe that God is for you? Or is there something weird in there like, oh, he's out to get me. I'm an NF. I have a, a tragic personality. So, like, I, I like drama, right? And so, any. In my mind, if anything good is happening, it's hard for me to trust that good is happening. So the way that I interpret good in my life, rather than receiving it, is this means just around the corner, something bad is going to happen. And so I'm like, and it makes me live distrustfully, right? Why are you being nice to me? Why are you loving me? You know, God, you're, you're going to like do the bait and switch on me, right? And where does that come from? I don't know. It doesn't come from the Bible, right? But it's in me. And we need to know deeply that God is for us, that God has the best for us, that God loves us. Amen? God loves us. Be people of love because God is love. There is no fear in love. Be confident in who and whose you are. We're not a people driven by fear. We're not driven by shame. We're not driven by manipulation. We're not driven by performance. Unless your pay is connected to your performance, then you should be driven by okay. We are driven by avoidance of failure. His perfect love drives out fear. We are driven by love. We belong because of love. We are formed by love to become people of love. And we are sent out into the world to love, to love, to love, to love. And I've been doing some reflection on uh, renew our values. And uh, as the church planner, I'm trying to, I'm always trying to come up with like the motto or the like the three phrases to like sum us up. And you know, I've been looking at our dream statement, and I'm wanting to simplify it because people are always like, "What is renew about?" I don't know. So if you have like the three catchphrases, and everyone can at least say, ba-ba, 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 right? <laughs> so I have the bees. Yeah. 
I've been working with the bees, and uh, it's been coming out of my work with First John, uh, because I think this is what John is doing um, in his letter. He's talking about identity. He's talking about spiritual formation, and then he's talking about loving, right? And that's essentially what we are trying to be about, right? If you say, oh, people will say, oh, renew is about community, right? People come and they feel like they belong, right? People nowadays are more about uh, it's belonging before believing. You've heard that before, right? People want to belong in a community, in a group, and then they see Jesus in that. And so, so I came up with, oh, belong, right? Who, who do you belong to? Or do you, knowing, having confidence that you belong somewhere. And John is assuring the people, you belong to Jesus. You belong to God, right? And then be formed, right? The Holy Spirit is here to form us, to shape you as an individual, to shape us as a community of believers, and when we do things like small groups, when we pray together, uh, when we do um, personal devotion, right? That's about being shaped and being formed. That's about spiritual formation and growth. So belonging, community, being formed, right? Spiritual formation, the work of the Spirit in us. And then out of that belonging and being shaped by love, is comes the missional aspect, right? The outward stuff, which is be witness, right? Be witness of God's love. Be witness of the gospel. Be witness of God's perfect love. Um, and it goes with what John is saying about this is how love, it's the perfection of love among us, right? This is how love is made complete when we are like Jesus in this world. Go out and be witnesses, be as Jesus. And I think there's another part where John says, uh, and they will know, this is how they know that we are believers, that we are Christians, that we're of Christ, by our love, by our love for one another. Be long, be formed, be witness. So I'm going to, so, right, this came out of my brain, but it needs to be like a group thing, so I'm like, subliminal messages along the way but this is like my summary of everything all our town hall meetings and like is coming uh together be belong be formed be witness um perfect love drives out fear when we institutionalize fear like corporately what does that look like right when fear becomes corporate, what does that look like? It looks like um, a fear of the other, right? The foreigner. The fear of immigrants, right? They're going to take our jobs. They are bringing in crime. They are sucking our country's resources, right? It becomes the fear of a whole race of people, right? Because, you know, because of what we see on the news, crime, right? Drug use, right? Violent, violent murder. I know Isaiah and I were walking 
back from the Seattle Mariners game last night, and there's like a on Fourth Avenue. There's kind of like a darker area, and everyone was crossing the street because there's an underpass and there's like some homeless people. Everyone was crossing the street to the lit side, even though if you stay on this side, you're fine. Um, so I wanted to like buck the trend. I'm like, I'm not afraid. You guys are all afraid, you know. And I'm with Isaiah. I'm like. Am I being a good parent? I don't know. So we, I purposely led him into the dark. And I'm like, but I was afraid. Right? Like, what's going to happen to me here? But what, you know, really? Right? Are homeless people murderers? I don't know. But we fear that. You know? Um, and then we got back to our car, and the passenger side front sword window was shattered. And we'd been broken into. Uh, so I have to replace the windshield. So uh, my brain was all messed, messed with then. But that's all to say, you know, that fear, right? Fear drives our world. And when you, when you systematize that, um, then some people become those to, be the, those to be feared, right? Black bodies are to be feared, um, not... Non-Americans are to be feared. People who of a different social economic status are to be feared. And, but as, when you think about that as the people of God's response, what should our response be? If we are to complete love and make love perfect, then perfect love drives out fear, then we are people that live courageously against that fear, amen? We live courageously and buck the trend in order to lift up the other in order to serve the other in order to bring light into the darkness go against the trend right live in a different with a different vision right than we're taught to live uh, or what's best practices maybe or social convention but take risks to love dangerously in order to make bridges that wouldn't be made um, if we hadn't done that. Um, God is for us. God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. But that also means that God is for that person out there and that person out there and that person out there. And we are called to be witnesses of that love. So go and be witnesses to that so other people can belong and be formed and go out and witness God's love. Let's pray.